This is the Agorist Next Podcast. I'm Brandon. I've got my great co-host, Dag, with me. How are you doing, Dag? Hey, Brandon. I'm doing excellent. Before we get started tonight, guys, I wanted to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Presearch. Uh, they're a really excellent new search engine. They function really well. They don't spy on you. You earn crypto just for just for doing searches, and they have a really cool advertising program called Keyword Staking. Check them out, presearch.org. Cool. Yeah, and you can also... You can also do different searches on there. So if you still wanted to use pre-search, but you wanted to use Google, they, they've still got the ability to, to change search engines as well. So, you know, I know, I know that we're sponsored by them, but um, we wouldn't have taken the sponsorship if we didn't really believe in the project. So with that said, we've got a great guest. Um, I, I consider him a friend. I've had him on a couple of times before. The great Rafael Laverde, Crypto Vigilante. How are you doing, Rafael? doing good brandon thank you for having me i'm happy to be here like always yeah of course man thanks for coming on so uh crazy crypto market huh very crazy right i and i think it's only going to get crazier as time goes on and we see people you know fall more into despair um and once they realize that they are in the traumatic abusive relationship that they're in with government and with the powers that shouldn't be right. I think people are rapidly having a rude awakening right now. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna get better. It's gonna get interesting to say the least. For sure. Yeah, I just tweeted out. What did I say exactly? I said slaves hold fiat, free men hold crypto. So I really, I really believe that. So yeah, we're moving into a new age. So let's 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 make sure we persevere and let's make sure that as many people get their hands on crypto as soon as possible so that they're ready for what's to come. Yeah. So do you think this is just kind of like a normal, okay, it's going to go up a little bit and then go back down a little bit? Or do you think this is going to be like a huge bull run, like the 2017, 2013, and, and so on? Well, according to the best crypto analysts in the world, which are now part of the Crypto Vigilante family, uh, which were previously members of the Bull Bear Analytics uh, team, which was the oldest, which is the oldest crypto newsletter in the world from 2010. Bull Bear Analytics has been publishing on the Bitcoin Talk forum since then. According to what our technical analysts are, are saying, by far, they are seeing deja vu, deja vu right now. They are seeing the same patterns that we saw in the past. And so, yes, you can definitely expect for 20,000 to be not the next all-time high for sure. Yeah, I appreciate that insight, man. Yeah, bull bear analytics looks cool, but I like uh, crypto vigilante myself. But um, thank you. <laughs> we always saw them as our only competition in the world. We really like bull bear analytics and what they've done for the space. Unfortunately, they no longer exist. So it's kind of uh, that's kind of unfortunate. But who we always saw as their number one dude, their best analyst, is now part of our family. So, and that's Mr. W. If you go to our uh, Crypto Vigilante YouTube channel, uh, you'll see that I interviewed him recently. I think it's the last video there. If I'm not wrong. So yeah, it's we're really excited to have him on the team. Great man. Um, so, how do you think somebody should go about? I don't know, picking up crypto or earning crypto. I always say like, you know, if you want to just, you know, just dabble in it a little bit, get on LRBY, get on pre-search, get on, um, you know, th these other platforms that, 
that provide crypto for you and kind of mess around that way. What do you think? Definitely. I think that earning crypto is more important than hodling crypto. And so it's I, in the past week or so I've, I've gotten more serious entrepreneurs knocking on my door than I've ever had in my life. People that were involved in other areas of the market are now looking into crypto. And while this may be a, uh, may may seem very positive for crypto it's a very negative sign in my opinion for the 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 market in general um the traditional market in general and it's obvious right with all the shutdowns all all the lockdowns people are being kept away from uh from doing what they've been doing their whole life whether it's you know running a restaurant uh, being involved in real estate and so it's a good thing that people are flocking to crypto because that means that once this whole chaos is over, they will be they will have these tools in their arsenal and their personal arsenal. The bad part of it is is that um, you know commercial real estate is really getting hurt right now. We have a lot of sectors within the economy that are getting hammered right now because of these tyrants. So it's uh, thank God we have crypto, right? Thank God that people who right now are being kept away from their livelihood. Thank God that they have a place to, to weather out the storm. And I'm noticing that a lot of these smart, intelligent entrepreneurs are rushing to crypto right now as a place of solace, as a place of refuge. So we're happy to be there for them. And, and so, but it's sad at the same time, knowing that, that they're getting abused the way that they are. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to touch on the, uh, since it just happened, the Bitcoin Cash fork with ABC. What's, um, what's your opinion on that? I think that uh, Bitcoin Cash um, showed the world that they are a truly decentralized network. Their leading developing development team, which was Bitcoin ABC, wanted to impose a dev tax. They call it a a funding proposal for development. I forgot the exact acronym. Infrastructure Funding Program, IFP. Yeah, there you go. But we call it a dev tax because in reality, it's a dev tax, right? You're, you're for the first time in Bitcoin, you were going to start seeing a portion of the block reward not go to the miners, but for only for 8% to go to a designated wallet of, of, of a developer who was going to split him amongst his fellow friend developers. And the Bitcoin Cash community really um, fought back. And during the time of the fork, there was only one miner mining Bitcoin ABC, which was incredible. So this was an incredible experience to, to live through. And it was also something extremely positive for Bitcoin Cash. I'm very happy for Bitcoin Cash. I would like to congratulate anyone that's part of that community because they they did something historical and they're no longer subject to, to this dev tax, this arbitrary dev tax. And now they are free to continue being being the, 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 the Bitcoin Cash that we know them to be. Hopefully, I encourage them and, and hopefully I hope that they 
end up using this opportunity to set a set president within within Bitcoin Cash in that develop in that the market and miners themselves have the liberty to do as they please with the Bitcoin Cash blockchain. So if in the future there's a proposal from some entrepreneur or some miner and some miner accepts it to have some sort of application run on the Bitcoin Cash blockchain, I really do hope that there is no um, contention against that, right? If it's an entrepreneur, you know, risking his work in the market to create an application using the the Bitcoin Cash blockchain as their back end. And if there are miners out there within the Bitcoin Cash ecosystem that would also like to partake in the transaction fees of given endeavor, there should not be anyone, any centralized body of, of anything, developers or whatever, to tell people how they should or should not use the blockchain. So uh, Roger Ver actually proposed a funding plan for these types of, 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 um, of projects and, and startups. Unfortunately, some of the same people that proposed a dev tax were against it and they called such endeavors um, spamming the blockchain. I don't consider that a spam. I don't think anyone should um, should be saying that it, that is spamming the blockchain because no one should be di- dictating the market, what the market should accept or not accept. That's for the market to decide, not, not for individuals to dictate to the market what what is proper or improper for entrepreneurs to do with their money or what's proper or improper for miners to do with the blocks that they mine so hopefully hopefully they they take it to their logical conclusion in that and in that way a bitcoin cash can prosper even more yeah absolutely and it about like and it looks like they are it looks like bitcoin cash i mean you know bitcoin abc hasn't been getting any hash power and you know f- for those forking it seems like they've had a hard time being able to get their coins because of it, yeah. the, the split coins. And uh, and Bitcoin Cash's price is, has only increased since then. So I feel like there's uh, you know, still um, a lot of confidence in the Bitcoin Cash network. I agree. And it's not just confidence. It's, it's, there, there was an actual triumph, right? They actually succeeded in, in wearing off an attack on the network. Mm. If you properly see it as that, that's what it is, right? I, I, it's, if you, someone wants to impose a dev tax on the network, I mean, you've never, you've never seen that in the history of Bitcoin. You've never seen this. So it's definitely something to be happy for. It's something to be hopeful for Bitcoin Cash. And, and it's something that they overcame. And um, yeah, I think I, I, I think they have a bright future ahead of them as long as they can continue with that free market stance. And as long as they get out of the way of the market, they'll be fine, I think. Right on. What did you have, Dag? Sorry, I cut you off there. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, you, you good. I was just commenting that it's, it really, when we start talking about like like the dev tax and, you know, like, um, like Raphael was saying, where, you know, they're, you have a group of people who are deciding what projects are worthy and not. It just really starts to sound like, like something government would do, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, like something central banks and, and whatnot would do. Am I just, am I just being too sensitive because I don't like the government or is that, does it sound like that to you guys as well? That's exactly what it is. It's uh, it's centralization of, of power. And what Bitcoin did was take 
the equation of power out of money. And when people start trying to dictate what you should or you shouldn't do with your Bitcoin or what you should or you shouldn't do as an entrepreneur or what you should or shouldn't do as a miner safeguarding the network, whose incentive is to protect the network, who has the most to lose in the network. The moment you you start to get dictated on these things, yeah, you, you definitely are dealing with central planners. And now the ironic thing is, is that these central planners will tell you that they're doing so in the name of decentralization. So to me, I see this as another like more technocratic socialist cop-out. It's kind of like how the socialists say, well, we're gonna we're here to save you for the sake for the sake of equity and equality or whatever BS they say. It doesn't no, no, we don't need you. And 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 so these guys would say in technocratic speak, they would say, we need central planners for the sake of decentralization. And that's wrong. The market is the best system for decentralization. And, and that has a name. It's called competition. So true, I don't like the word decentralization. I think that's ridiculous. It really doesn't mean anything because what it really what you're really trying to grasp at is the concept of competition. That's a capitalist concept. And if you don't understand capitalism, then you are going to try to control the market or engineer it so that it, so that it mimics what capitalism actually offers, which is a competitive free market space. When everything, when everyone is able to compete, then you don't have to have anyone dictating. We need such and such amount of people competing at all times. I mean, does that sound weird? We must have 20 people competing in this area. Wait, wait, to start off, why should we compete? Is it profitable? And why is the number 20 the, the number that of optimal competitors in the market? Why not just let the market decide? What if the market says that for a given sector, having 10 competitors is good enough so that you can get a, a real good competitive product? Or what if 500 people, 500 entities is enough? Who knows? Let the market decide. So, um, yeah, you, you you hit the nail on the head, Dag. It, it really is a problem of central planning that has crept into cryptocurrency. And, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest problems in crypto, if you ask me. They wouldn't say it, though. It goes against their... Um, propaganda of saying oh we're for decentralization but you're still central planning for the sake of decentralization so right and you know the thing too is that um that it's like why why do you have to mess with bitcoin cash why can't you just make your own token or whatever and say hey this token helps our development team instead of you know forking off the blockchain what's well, why does a why does a socialist who thinks he knows better than anyone else in the world why don't they if they know so much better than anyone else in the world why don't they start their own company and make a lot of money and profit and provide awesome service for everyone an awesome service for everyone in the free market instead of going into government and stealing people's funds through taxation why do they do that because they're really not that smart, man, because every socialist wants to live off other people. So um, what we saw with Bitcoin Cash is actually really stupid because 
as you know, the block reward halves every four years. So the block reward really is a subsidy, and you have to see it as such. The block reward is a subsidy, and it's not a, it's not something for the network to depend on. That is not part of the Nakamura consensus. The block reward subsidy was something to get the market to get the market going, but it's not something for miners to solely rely upon. There should be there there should be a strong network within the given blockchain so that miners can scoff off the, the block reward if they need to because they're making so much money from transaction fees that who cares about who cares about the block reward that should be the mindset the people people covet the block reward because number one they don't have the ingenuity to actually create capital on top of the blockchain a lot of these developers are not entrepreneurs or just they're just engineers and they really don't they're not capitalists and a lot of people um, from my experience in crypto are very economically illiterate so yeah i mean <laughs> it's it's ridiculous but it's the truth and uh i would myself wouldn't call myself an economic master by any means because um that's something that you're I, I see myself as a constant student of and like to work with someone like Ed Bugos, I would say, wow, Ed Bugos is competent. He's someone that is very competent, competent in economics. I feel like a noob when it comes to economics in front of someone like him. So to, to have that, to have that, you know, fatal conceit that that presumption that, you know, better than the market. And you're talking about protocols and networks that are to supplant the, the existing system and that you are going to come in and say that I know better than the market and I know what best is what is best for the cryptocurrency and I know how to dictate and run this market. You're that person is talking like a central planner, like like Ben Bernanke, like like any Federal Reserve chair. They're talking like a bureaucrat. Um, and that's what you've seen. You've seen a lot of these technocrats arise. And I think uh, Bitcoin Cash just proved to us that that Bitcoin Cash itself has the capability of freeing itself from anyone that wants to take over the network. So, so yeah, that's, I'm rambling a little. I think that's kind of what happened with the original BTC, BCH fork. Bitcoin Cash forked off from BTC because it wanted to free itself from Blockstream and, and Lightning Network, you know? Yeah. So it's it's it was the same it was a similar situation, right? They you know, Blockstream were the centralized group of developers that thought they knew best how what was best for the network. And instead of having a more Hayekian approach where everyone comes into the market and experiments with different ideas, they did not allow that. And they ended up becoming um, an authoritative figure within, within Bitcoin BTC, which ended up splitting the Bitcoin network in, in half. And you had big blockers and small blockers, right? And Small blockers are now still part of BTC, and obviously, and big blockers are either when Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin SV, right? So, it's it's what happened, and it's okay. I think I think I I for a while there, I was kind of upset that this happened had happened in Bitcoin, but I understand now that it's it, that it was necessary, and that this was it was meant to be 
things were supposed to go this way because um, humanity is not going to change overnight. You know, um, you're not going to get rid of tyrants. You're not going to get rid of the predisposition towards statism overnight just because we have some cool new technology. It's going to take, you know, a faithful few that understand the value of the Nakamoto consensus. And they are going to keep building a network where absolute free market competitions is what calls the shots. And, and right now we still have that. As long as we have that, we're good. So that's where we're at. Yeah. And I want to thank Bitcoin ABC for the free airdrop too. So, uh, Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you can claim it, right. Yeah. Yeah. If you can even get it, uh, within five days, <laughs> cause barely anybody wants to mine it. And you know, that that's the free market speaking, you know, that, that's, that's praxology, that human action, like that book behind you right there. Oh. But, um, you know, to, to change subjects, what's up with BSV, man. I haven't really heard much news about BSV lately. I, I, I do kind of like that project too. Um, not as much as Bitcoin Cash, but uh, I, I do like I do like some some BSV. So probably just because of you too, man. So you okay, really kind yes. of uh, opened my eyes to to BSV. So I, I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, well, BSV is growing. Uh, there's a it's growing in spite of there being so much contention against it, unreasonable contention against it. You know, it's almost like people did not take their logic one on one class and they forgot that homonyms were not good arguments. So people just focus on the personality of Craig Wright, on the personality of uh, Calvin Ayer, and they're just people. But there's a lot more than that to to Bitcoin SV. There are a lot of amazing projects. Honestly, to for me, I mean, when I look at the the the, the startups that are coming out in crypto, uh, those that you know inspire me and give me most hope are within the Bitcoin SV ecosystem. And the reason why is because it is the uh, chain. It is the sibling chain of of Bitcoin that has never um, gotten in the way of market demand, and it is a chain where every all the ideals that I hold dear of the Nakamoto consensus are respected. Um, there's again a lot of misconception regarding Bitcoin SV, and people watching this right now may be confused that I'm even talking about it. How is it that an anarchist? from the you know the crypto vigilante talking about this and, and it's well because i understand it guys it's that simple i understand it and i know that with bitcoin sv you as an entrepreneur can actually use the blockchain as you as you please as you want and and that might sound like a crazy idea to some but you should be able to use the blockchain however the hell you want and if the market accepts your use of the bitcoin blockchain then, and if it's if the market accepts it, if the miners, who are like the oracles of the market, right for the for Bitcoin, if they accept the, your, the transactions of your startup, then who's anyone else to tell you that what you're doing is wrong or or, or spamming the network? That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, so it's so Bitcoin SV is really um. It's been I think. It's it's uh it's growing a lot in the area of application. It's um it is in in my opinion the purest form of Bitcoin because it is the original Bitcoin protocol at scale. And Bitcoin SV is proving all of its naysayers wrong every single day. Every single day they're proven wrong. 
And whenever I hear critiques or arguments or anything that is against Bitcoin SV, it's always just the most obscene ad hominem thing. Even when it comes from supposedly smart people, like they're saying that multi-sig wallets and Bitcoin SV, all oh, the Bitcoin SV is insecure. And, and it's the lack of, um, they're so disingenuous. Like there's so much hate towards BSV that it really boggles my mind. It really boggles my mind that there's so much hate towards Bitcoin SV. It's almost as if there were there was a lot of interest to hate on it unreason to an unreasonable level because I can point out other big other networks in crypto that are if you were to define them as a scam, I would say that they're more scamish. Whereas Bitcoin SV, the only the only claim of it being a scam is in reference to one individual and who they claim or who they do not claim to be. But that is, most people in BSV don't really care about that, to be honest. Um, the, some of the most important projects in BSV have nothing to do with Craig Wright or Calvin Air. If anything, and to be completely honest, uh, for my research, I'm least interested by the projects funded by Calvin Air. <laughs> it's almost like Ari, uh, uh, I forgot his name, Ari from Sharkpool. He has a, a startup called Legally Chain. He put out on Streamanity, which is like a YouTube version on B, on the BSV blockchain, uh, on how you should never take money from VCs. And he was kind of making fun in a sly way of Calvin Aaron. Because you, you in, in Bitcoin, the way that Bitcoin SV is set up for the entrepreneur, you really don't need to take funding from anyone for your startup. It's really easy to start up a company on the Bitcoin SV blockchain. Extremely easy. To begin, you're, you're using the Bitcoin SV blockchain as the back end of your business. So you're really just working on the front end and you're working on a wallet and interface and you're meeting a market demand. On the front end, you don't even, your clients don't even have to know that you're, that you're dealing with Bitcoin SV. All the transactions, yeah, you'll use BSV because you're using, you know, the blockchain as the back end to your business. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's, and it makes a lot of sense to me because I am sick of these coupon economies, like you see in Ethereum and EOS, where every different application has its own token. To me, that it does, that's scamish. That's scamish, but no one talks about it because I think a lot of it is because people are economically illiterate, but it's because, or people are just not woke to, to what's really going on. In BSV, every startup, every application on the blockchain uses BSV as a unit of account, as it should be, and as it rationally makes sense. So everything that people have always wanted to build on Ethereum is built better on BSV. And if you don't understand that, then I'm sorry, but you're behind. Like, And most people in crypto are behind on, on this aspect of protocol development and on, 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 pardon me, on protocol competition and what one protocol has to offer in, um, in juxtaposition to another. So what BSV has to offer, in my opinion, is way better than what Ethereum has to offer. If you understand this, and I'm sorry for them that they don't understand this, and they're, in my opinion, late to the party, and us big blockers knew that this was possible within Bitcoin, within the original Bitcoin protocol from the get-go. Yeah. There were a lot of naysayers, a lot of central planners, again, that said, how dare you do that on the Bitcoin blockchain? 
Who are you to do that? We won't allow you to do that. Well, who the fuck are you to tell me what I can do or not do? If I'm starting up a company and the miners that I'm in business with are willing to take my transactions, then fuck off. I don't need you. I don't need your permission. And this is what these guys get off. They get off thinking that there's some sort of, they think they're the leaders that they control the blockchain as if it belongs to them. It doesn't belong to them. So you can talk all the smack you can want about Craig Wright and Calvin Air, but they're never telling anyone how they should or shouldn't use the Bitcoin as a blockchain. Sure, they have opinions as to blah, blah, blah. And they're very, you know, they're, they're objectivists, right? They're very randy. And so they're, they don't have a problem using the law, to, to government law, to um, settle disputes. But they, but in terms of how an entrepreneur uses the blockchain, you can use it to store data, as to use for, for, uh, for payments, whatever, for, uh, for an application, for your business. And, and it's that freedom which is attracting a lot of people to BSV, it's that freedom, um, and and it and it makes economic sense again. You're using the same unit of account in the same network, the same blockchain. It's easy. It's it's genius is in its simplicity. It's a proven concept because you're using the same uh, original Bitcoin protocol at scale. It's the same exact dynamic, the same economic um, infrastructure, and the same market drivers that made Bitcoin. Um, that made Bitcoin what it is now. Um, its success is 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 because it had that infrastructure in the past. Now, the, the the what what BTC is now is very different than what Bitcoin was pre August 2017. You know, it's very different, very different. The econ uh, the, um, the the economic incentives are completely different with Segwit. They're completely different. You're actually playing a whole different game. They change. It's like playing. So we're playing rugby and like halfway in the, into the into the game someone changed changed the whole rule set and now a goal means something else and you need to earn this and do that and then there's people on another field playing for you and it's all it's a whole different game but you've been winning the game up to halftime and you still are carrying that momentum into halftime into the next you know period but you're playing by different rule sets now by a different rule set now and so the goals that you made then don't necessarily count for the future. The future is going to ask you to, to score your own points. And so I see uh, BTC having challenges in the future. Um, I see BSV being still being an BSV being an underdog because of all of the BS that people have against it. But, you know, I've, um, I'm very confident in BSV um, and the fact that Bitcoin Cash was just able to do what it just did makes me very optimistic regarding Bitcoin Cash and that Bitcoin Cash could actually become a real competitor to BSV in everything that I just spoke. Everything that I just spoke about is possible within Bitcoin Cash if they do things right. Uh, then again, they've changed a couple things that maybe make it difficult but to, to because it's it's changed. They they really did change their protocol as well, um, in their last upgrades. But um, but it's still possible that Bitcoin Cash be a competitor to BSV. But I think BSV in its scaling, it's remained very sim simple.
and its ethos of having a fixed stable rule set, a fixed stable protocol, make it extremely attractive to anyone that wants to build on a solid foundation. Right. Yeah. I, I really like, <clears throat> I really like both those projects and I definitely agree with you on both those. I want to switch gears to Monero. There's an article in Cointelegraph that just came out that's titled privacy, privacy coins, no more question mark cipher trace file patents for tracing Monero transactions. What's your opinion on that? That's all just bullshit. The reality right. is, is that, yeah, it's all BS. If you guys really want to understand this, uh, there is the uh, Breaking Monero series. Again, it's called Breaking Monero, like Breaking Bad, but it's called Breaking Monero on YouTube. And uh, Justin Ehrenhofer and I forget the name of this Monero beast. Sir, Sir, gosh, I just said it before starting the meeting. Um, they, they talk about everything that CypherTrace is attempting to do. Um, Cypher Trace has only um, been able to make probabilistic claims on ring signatures. That's not something to worry anyone about um, unless you're doing something illicit and you're also using exchanges. So if you're using an exchange, so if someone who's doing something illicit shouldn't be doing something with the same wallets that are connected to exchanges, if you know what I mean, if you understand what I'm saying. So, yeah. The, the, so yeah. So they they. It's not like they're trying to map the Monero blockchain, but it, they can't map it. They can only make probabilistic claims based on ring signatures, which is what protects the sender. So remember that in Monero, ring signatures protects the sender. Stealth addresses protect the receiver and ring CT uh, hides the amount transacted, right? So they're trying to go after the senders, right? Ring signatures. They are, as, as it's, it's probabilistic in that every transaction, there's uh, 11 possible decoys, right? There's 10 decoys and one real one, right? One real sender and 10 decoys. So just make sure that you... I think that Monero, it doesn't mean that Monero has been completely made transparent at all. It's, it just means that they are, they're making probabilistic claims. Now, how do you protect against that? Well, just make sure you, you use coin control, meaning you use wallets for certain things and wallets for other things. Don't mix wallets. Just just like doing good accounting. Make make sure you uh, move your money around amongst not against if you have wallets for certain things and wallets for other things, keep them separate. But maybe have a lot bunch of other wallets for one aspect of your life, a bunch of other wallets for another aspect of your life. Move money around amongst these wallets. Move money around amongst these wallets. Don't cross pollinate amongst I mean you could even you could. Um, again, the more you move money around between wallets, the, the more you obfuscate things by, uh, and this is, uh, you, the more you obfuscate things, you increase, you increase its entropy, um, by, yeah, by a lot. I'm forgetting my English. Sorry. <laughs> I'm forgetting words. No I'm forgetting words. But yeah, so you can also do what's called churning when people just like send funds to themselves, um, within, within Monero, 
So no, I mean Monero is Monero is 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 always going to have these attempts. If you go on Reddit right now, there's a guy from Czechoslovakia that was a chain 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 analysis and uh, investigator, and he kind of divulges what what they're able to maybe do with Monero. It's nothing serious, but you know the market's always a step ahead, right? There's technology out there that is. Um, that is that is ahead of, of what Monero has to offer right now, and and we're embracing that too. You know, it's not just, Monero's not the only one. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you have any questions, Dak? Um, I have um a question or two written down here, but it's kind of a a, a gear change. So I don't know if we sure. uh if we're ready for that or if you do anything else on this topic. Yeah, man, well, Raphael I, could do it all, bro. So you know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you guys are concerned about the cipher trace fud just go on go on youtube and go to the breaking monero series watch those videos literally cipher trace what they're doing is copy pasting everything that these guys are saying on the breaking monero series and this is these are things that we've always known like like privacy is not something that it's either like an off or on switch Privacy is within a spectrum, right? Where you are extremely private on one end and extremely transparent and open on the other end. So you're never going to be completely private, but you are always going to be around here, right? You're always going to try to be as private as possible. So blockchain analytics becomes more sophisticated. So will the cryptographic means of making sure that you have fungible cryptocurrency. So the, it, this is going to be a cat and mouse game forever, guys. And the way I see it, we're always going to be ahead because there is a a what moves us is not protocols of from some bureaucrat. What moves us, or the command of some tyranny or some you know, what moves us and what moves the people of the world is our desire for freedom. And so you're not going to stop that. There's no way you're going to stop that. So, right. so I, I yeah, it's not gonna stop. So so we can change gears. We can talk about something else. <laughs> okay, so so in the last what several weeks, I guess uh, a lot of uh, a lot of cryptos have really gained in you know price. Uh, notably, Bitcoin. Obviously, uh, it's you know I guess we could say nearly doubled. So when I look at other coins, like let's say Bitcoin Cash, for instance, on the one hand, I'm like, well, why hasn't it seen the same kind of action? But at the same time, it's like, well, it went from a little over 200 to it's a little over 300 now. Like, yeah, it's only 100 bucks, but that's, you know, nearly 30%, right, of what it actually increased. So I, I guess why are we seeing some coins gain so much more than others in this? I feel like maybe they should do it a little more evenly. Is it just that Bitcoin is like the name in like cryptocurrency? People aren't really into it. No Bitcoin. And that's why it's getting so much more of a bump. Do you have any insight on, on, on that? Or maybe what we can expect to see out of Bitcoin cash. I've really been liking Bitcoin cash versus Bitcoin here. Um, so I'm kind of curious in that regard, but anything you have, have on that would be excellent. Yeah. So BTC after the um, Bitcoin fork, right. Of 2017, when big blockers and small blockers split away from one another, BTC was able to uh, keep the ticker symbol, the BTC actual ticker symbol. And that goes a long way for brand recognition. So in my opinion, 
BSV and Bitcoin Cash have also claims to being BTC, right? But to, not, to being Bitcoin, probably, pardon, uh, to being Bitcoin. But it doesn't matter what you call this anymore. The, the truth is, is that the market will decide depending on what performs best, in, not now, but when things are grimy and when things are difficult, when VTC is faced with um, economic pressure, that's when we're going to see what BTC is really capable of. They're pushing this idea that BTC is only a savings technology. Well, yeah, sure. Let's see how far that goes, right? Maybe that is enough to take it to, to the moon and back. Maybe. But I think that the promise of Bitcoin and the promise of cryptocurrency goes a lot further than just being a savings technology. Um, I don't think the, the, the Lightning Network will be able to service that because it's not just a function of utility of using money as cash. Sure, hypothetically, if the Lightning Network were to work, we could see it you, you know, functioning as cash. But the problem here lies a, a, bit, a bit deeper. It's in the fact that Bitcoin miners are agnostic as to what chain they mine, what chain they protect. So a Bitcoin miner can mine Bitcoin BTC, Bitcoin Cash, or Bitcoin SV. And you find a lot of mining companies and pools mining all three or going through to the one that's most profitable for them. At the end of the day, Satoshi created Bitcoin in a way where those who have the most to lose are those who protect the network, the miners themselves. And these guys, when faced with economic pressure, are going to choose the chain that has that looks out best for them. And in terms of a fee market of a world beyond the mining reward, the block reward, as we would call it, the subsidy, um, BTC does not have a fee structure that I find profitable for miners. What BTC relies on is the price of its coin. I forgot exactly what financial house did a, did a study before the fork. forgot the name right now. It escapes me. But they were talking about how B, BTC has to be at least at a price of $13,000 per BTC in order for it to be profitable for miners. So up again, up until like a week ago, two weeks ago, miners on BTC were not profitable. So now they're finally being profitable because of the price of the coin. Now, the price of the coin is something very relative. It can go up, it can go down. It's not something set in stone. Yes, I want BTC to go to the moon, but I can't, I can't rely on the most volatile factors within, within crypto to sustain the health of the network of the miners. Some people say, Raph, you're, you're, you're worrying too much. That's not, you're worrying too much. You're not really taking into account other aspects like the stock and flow ratio. And I would say, sure, yes. The stock and flow ratio shows us that BTC follows that model that that model of stock to flow, yes, BTC should be where it's at right now and higher in, in the near future. But again, we live in a very crazy world, guys. 
And the genius of Satoshi, in my opinion, is that he created something that should not be dependent on the state of the world, that its health, economic health, should not be dependent on how the U.S. government sees it, on how the Chinese government sees it, on how anyone sees it. It should be something completely separate from that, where its economic health does not depend on the price on the, on the exchanges. That price on the exchanges could change like this if anything that does not favor BTC goes onto the news. If there's anything from any government in the world that is against BTC, that will hurt the, the price of the coin. So BTC is forever tied, its health, the health of its miners is forever tied to the perception of it by the rest of the world. That's why it's so important for BTC to take care of their image so much and in a sense to kind of to kind of to kind of they, they they need they need to be they need to be uh they're so they're they're just very dependent on the exterior world whereas the fee structure within bitcoin sv is something that revolves around applications and services and startups that are within the same network within the same blockchain right so it doesn't matter what happens in the exterior world Bitcoin SV miners will get paid because of the transactions that happen within its network, not because of the price of its coin and how it reflects on the block reward subsidy. Does that make sense, guys? Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's yeah, the future. So. Those are two competing futures that we have for miners. One where one where the health of the miner depends on how the world out there sees Bitcoin. And the other one, which is the BSV worldview, the big blocker worldview, it says, fuck how those people see us. We are an economy that's growing and that is profitable. And then we take care of our own, right? And right now, yes, we're smaller, but if you are a miner, as a miner, I would love for there to be other versions of Bitcoin competing for my future business. And so I think any logical miner sees that and they like that about BSV. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see BSV for the time to, for time to come. And you know what, guys? Honestly, the, this is not an either-or thing. My perception of this is becoming one where I see BSV and Bitcoin BTC, and even Bitcoin Cash, growing into a symbiotic relationship. And this is something that people don't kind of understand because, again, they just look at what's apparent. They don't look deep. Right now, everyone's still like, oh, you suck. No, you suck. We're better than you. No, we're better than you. But the reality is, is, is that we are already in a symbiotic relationship. The people that run every one of these blockchains are the same people, are the miners, the same computers, the same specialized hardware. Runs Bitcoin SV, Bitcoin BTC, uh, Bitcoin Cash. So... I think that we will, I think that the symbiosis between these three chains will help each other out and, and, and we'll have a, a, a healthy miner. We will have a healthy mining industry because we have this symbiotic relationship, right? So I think that's, I think that's where we're at. And I think that, yeah, let's see what happens with Ethereum, right? Ethereum right now is about to go into their 2.0. And this is the promise. About, they're about to deliver on what they've been promising for many years. And let's see what happens. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens because 
in my opinion, the economic structure and the technical structure of BSV is superior in doing what Ethereum wants to do. But pe people, again, people hate on, on a couple characters in BSV and they miss out on the bigger picture, but it's okay. It just means that we're early earlier than them in realizing this and that's okay. Right. Yeah. And, and Bitcoin Cash has smart contracts and, and tokens. So they got SLP tokens, not ERC-20. I think Bitcoin Cash has a lot of what Ethereum has too. This year, we've really seen uh, DeFi explode. And I, I know you touched on it a little bit, but and I think that DeFi will be important in the future. But I think that Right now, it's it's really new, and some of these projects aren't really DeFi or, or really delivering at the moment. What, what what's your opinion on that? Well, at the crypto vigilante, we're just cautious that of DeFi. That doesn't mean we we we're cautious mostly on any DeFi based on Ethereum because Ethereum, as it stands right now, and I don't care about promises and what they're gonna do. I run away from anything that promises me anything. I, I want to see it actually working or for there to be an, at least a, a functioning beta of something, right? DeFi seems like it's a great idea. And like these ideas are popping up and, and it's a market demand to disintermediate the legacy financial institutions. I think it is great. I think it's awesome. Now, is this something that is this something that we should all jump into right now carelessly? No. So at the Crypto Vigilante this past week, we launched our DeFi watch list. It's a series of DeFi projects that we're uh, doing constant analysis on and, and constantly following up on. Um, we start off with 10 projects that we're keeping an eye on constantly. And we, we do fundamental analysis and technical analysis on a regular basis. It doesn't mean that, you know, and that, that watch list can change, obviously, because it's new. So it's important to keep an eye on these things, but it's it's also important to, to be have a sober mind about them and not get overly excited because as we saw with the ICO bubble, the ICO craze, people got a little bit overexcited with things back then. And um, we learned from people learn from those mistakes, but there's a lot of new people coming into crypto right now. And it's important for them to have a, a guide as to what's happening, what's going on. And yeah, these projects look good, but... A lot of it depends on Ethereum 2.0 delivering, right? And just think about all these applications and the centralized applications on Ethereum right now that are going to have to make that transition to Ethereum 2.0. There's a lot that's there's there's a lot at stake with Ethereum right now, and so these DeFi projects for the crypto vigilante they're not part of our portfolio right away. They're part of a watch list that we created. So they're not part of our portfolio. They're, they could be in the future, but right now they're part of a watch list. We're just keeping an eye on them. That's it. Great. Yeah, great knowledge. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely kind of, you know, I'm definitely where you're at pretty much. I want to see them deliver. You know, I'm, I'm tired of talk. So, but yeah, it, it would be great to see, see your list. And if anybody wants to see that, make sure you subscribe to their newsletter, the Dollar Vigilante. Crypto Vigilante newsletter. Let's switch over to projects like Dash. You know, how, how are you liking Dash or, or Zcash or, you know, some of these? I don't like them other... at all. Really? I don't like either of them. No, because for a long time, Dash said that it was a privacy coin. It wasn't. Study after study came out saying that they weren't. I'm, I'm not a fan of Dash. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of their Instamine. I think that was uh, reckless and... 
Yeah, there's there's been a lot of problems. We, we wrote two articles on Dash that the Dash community did not like, but it's not our job to for people to like us. It's our job to give us sincere, a sincere scholarly take and study and research on what we see. So Zcash, I don't like Zcash because it's not private by default. It's optional privacy. Most most uh, transactions in the in Zcash are T to T. They're not. They don't use the ZK snarks. So Zcash is something that I think people should avoid. It's not a privacy coin, no matter what everyone tells you. Right. Yeah. And if you could coin. see 98% of the transactions, you can probably figure out the other one or 2% yep. or whatever. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're, man, you're, every time I hear you talk about crypto, I'm like, man, this guy's spot on with what I think too. Thanks. Yeah, bro. Great minds think alike, I guess. Um, so what what do you see? I kind of want to switch over to what, you know, if we if we do see this world fiat system collapse, you know, I think we're going to see mass exodus of, of all these fiats and we're going to see just this rush into other assets. What do you think the world's going to look like at that point? And where do you think crypto and, and some of this other stuff is going to be? Well, I think people should educate themselves and realize that the vast majority of cryptocurrencies are, are surveillance coins and that they're completely naked. They're opening themselves up to mass surveillance on big on, on blockchains such as the Bitcoin, Ethereum blockchain and uh, Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV. For some things in life, yeah, it's there's no for applications like maybe like Twitter. Who you know, who cares if, if you run a Twitter like version like Twitch on the BSC blockchain? Anyone can see what you wrote. Well, does that not happen with Twitter right now? Sure. You know, so there are use cases for having transparency on a blockchain, right? But for the use of money itself, I think fungibility is an important um, aspect of money. And I think privacy coins should be something that we talk about more often because uh, the vast majority of cryptocurrencies are completely transparent. And so not just Monero, but there are other privacy coins out there that we talk about at the Crypto Vigilante that are incredibly valuable. They're uh, mostly undiscovered. They're mostly underrated because people just don't know about them. But some of them might have even better privacy than Monero. And so, yeah, with and they have a lot of uh, potential. I mean, even Monero has a lot of potential. Monero is so undervalued right now. That's because people don't val- don't understand the value of privacy right now, but they will pretty soon, I think. Especially when these things happen. And when big money comes into crypto... Like we're starting to see these guys come into crypto, right? Like the MicroStrategy, you know, Paul Tudor Jones, all these guys are starting to come into crypto, but they don't realize that. But they, they're they probably realizing it now, but these guys never in their wildest dreams will they ele- will they create a portfolio that is completely visible to the rest of the world. Right? That's just ridiculous. These guys are of high net worth, understand the value of financial privacy. So when these guys realize that Bitcoin is completely open and transparent and that anyone can see and track and trace them, any financial voyeur, that they are completely open to financial voyeurism, they're going to rush or they're going to see a lot of value in privacy coins. If you're not fungible, you're not truly digital gold, you know? So yeah, we're going to see a lot of growth in the privacy coin sector. Because it's a necessary property of money, as simple as that. If you don't have fungibility, if one unit of account is not interchangeable 
for another unit of account, then you're not a good currency. You're not a good medium of exchange. Because remember, the problem with fungibility and the problem that comes out of uh, tainted coins from blockchain analytics is one where you're not only responsible for what may have happened to the coin that you're holding to right now in the past, right? So let's say this coin that you're holding was um, involved in some drug deal somewhere in some other part of the world that you had nothing to do with. But once this coin reaches your wallet, all of the coins in your wallet are now tainted along with the coin you received. And if you were to go to any exchange or any financial institution, they could say that those coins that you have in that wallet are tainted. And we can't take that money from you. Yeah. And when people start realizing that, it's going to be a game changer. That 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 right there is is not that's not sound money. You know, good money is like gold, right? One gram of gold is interchangeable for another gram of gold anywhere in the world. It's completely fungible. One ten dollar bill is interchangeable for another ten dollar bill, regardless of who held it before you, right? The problem with um, transparent coins is what we call them at the crypto vigilante surveillance coins like Bitcoin and all these coins that are have a that are surveillance coins that have a transparent ledger. The problem with these coins is that not only are you responsible for what happened with your coin in the past, but now these institutions, these financial institutions, these exchanges, once you purchase a coin from them. If you were to send them somewhere, they follow you into the future now. They will follow. So if you have a wallet that they know it's your wallet, because maybe you send funds from, from Coinbase or whatever, for Paxos. Paxos was known for doing this recently. From Paxos to your wallet, they follow that transaction. And then in the future, if you move that wallet to maybe like a Wasabi wallet, which has a built-in Bitcoin mixer, right away they say, what are you doing? What are you doing with your money? How dare you put your money through a mixer? And we're gonna we're gonna flag you, your ID. We're gonna tell we're gonna tell the authorities. And on top of that, we're gonna shut down your account of Paxos, and you're gonna be flagged as a suspicious person. Not because of what happened in the past before you received the coin, but just because you merely send them to a Wasabi wallet. A Wasabi wallet. There's nothing wrong with sending it to a, another wallet that just happens to offer a coin join mixing service like Wasabi or, or what's the Ninja one? Uh, the Ninja Wallet, Ninja Wallet it's called? Uh, Samurai, Samurai Wallet, right? Yeah, um, uh, Electron Cash does it. Yeah, like these things, like, so the level of tyranny that we're starting to see is creeping into crypto. So if you are someone that is knows, understands the value of having sound money, then you should be aware that a lot of these surveillance coins are counterproductive to, to, to your freedom and to your privacy. So I think privacy coins are going to be a, a big a big deal in the future. Yeah, man, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think speaking of... Part, yeah, I'm sorry, I think the next B BTC civil war that they're going to have in BTC, it's going to be on the issue of privacy. So... Those are the small blockers, right? BTC small blockers, they're going to have a fight regarding privacy. The big Bitcoin big blockers had already a fight about privacy. And you had people within uh, the big blockers that said, you know what? Privacy is important, but to a certain degree, there's also other things that are more important. And they see other means of achieving privacy in the future 
to a certain degree, but not anonymity. And that's BSV. And then Bitcoin Cash was like, no, we want to pursue privacy. Kind of like they, they dream of themselves being able to compete with Monero sometime in the future. So we know Bitcoin Cash will be pursuing privacy. So we're excited to see that. I'm sorry, but you were saying? You know, I totally agree with with what you're saying about the properties of money. I wrote an article on Agorist Nexus called "The Properties of Money in Cryptocurrency," and and yeah, man, if any if if, if you guys want to see that article, you know, it goes into all of the properties of money and why some of these cryptos have it, and um, and why some of and why certain cryptos don't have it. So you know, and that's exactly why the original BTC lost it lost its traction as a medium of exchange. I mean, uh, you know, Steam no longer takes it. Newegg no longer takes it. Um, you know, a lot of these uh, sites used to accept Bitcoin and now they don't because of, you know, because of the block war that happened in uh, 2017. So, so we're going to see another, I think we're going to see another, uh, another one. civil war within BTC. Yeah. And it's going to be on the issue of privacy. Some people within BTC don't want privacy on BTC, and some people within BTC do want privacy. So I'm guessing Blockstream. I'm guessing Blockstream doesn't want. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where they fall into all that. But what I do know is is that that's going to be a big a big deal, um, and they're going to be. Yeah, it's it's going to make th- that fight's going to be so intense that it's going to make the fork that we had between big blockers and small blockers seem like a petty argument. I think it's going to be that big of a deal because as you can see, BTC is becoming the hallmark of cryptocurrency. It is. I mean, it's, it's, it's big daddy, you know, it's the freaking, it's taking the lead, right? BTC is where it's, it's, it's what people understand Bitcoin to be. So if you ask me what Bitcoin is, I, my answer is that Bitcoin is a network of miners. That's my definition of Bitcoin. Um, and I've yet to be proven wrong on that. Bitcoin is a network of miners because at a fundamental level, it's the miners that control the network. So right. Miners yeah. are, what miners mine is Bitcoin to me, right? Whether it be BTC, BSV, or Bitcoin Cash. That's so, interesting. My my yeah. definition would be uh, peer-to-peer cash. That's my that's my definition of Bitcoin. But um, You got you to read the, the rest of the white paper, though, man. <laughs> Not just the heading. No, no, that's no. So good too. <laughs> Rafael Verde, everyone. <laughs> nah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, we 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 did a, a, a dramatic reading of the Bitcoin white paper on our YouTube channel. So if anyone's been too lazy to actually read the whole white paper, we did a we did a dramatic reading of it, so you can read it. You can listen to it while you're driving. Yeah, okay. I I uh, it's a female I, voice. I listened to it. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Yeah. She's great. But I I listened to it on LRBY, so. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, we have, um, we have, there are some amazing privacy coins out there that are pretty undiscovered guys. So if you want to know what they are, I mean, feel like giving them away right now, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I, am not, I'm not, I mean, I don't know. Should I, what do you, do you want me to give them away as an exclusive Brandon? What do you think? Just one, only if you want to just one, just a teaser. Gosh, I mean, if you guys want the one, if you guys want the rest, you got to go to TDV. I'm, you know. He's like, oh, don't Gosh, make me choose. I, I just, you know, if, I, I can't because if I were to give you one, I, I'm going to want to give you all of them. And that's not, you know, that's just how I am. I just, I, I can't give you guys something half-assed. 
you know um no i mean there's better technology than monero it doesn't mean that monero is not good technology monero is great technology there's better technology than monero and uh, for example okay i'll give you one i'll give you one there's wow Nero, okay there's monero well, we and there's wow Nero, and wow Nero has so monero has a has 11 uh, a ring signature size of 11 wow Nero has a ring signature size 21. of 22 Oh, 22. That's yeah. right. Well, it's 22, 21 decoys plus the real transaction. 22. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so we had them on like our... Wow, Nero. We had yeah, them on we our... Had, we had, wow, Nero. Wow, great. Yeah, we had them on yeah, our we, podcast. We had, yeah, we had them on and they were, um, they were really cool, but like... You know, they were everything was just with them was so and and this isn't talking trash. I'm not talking trash by any means, but everything with them was so goofy. They were like the meme coin, you know, which you know was awesome. It was it was funny and everything. But so anyhow, so I wasn't sure how serious, you know what I mean, to necessarily take that. Nah, it's um, it's legit, so, man. It, okay, so well, they're a legit I, I, yeah, project. Awesome hear, hear you say that. Okay, yeah, they're cool. a legit project. I like them. See, now I want to talk about the others. Um, <laughs> I like Wow Nero. I I think I think Wow Nero has potential because of it being yeah more secure than than Monero. And uh, yeah, I'll give you that. We can talk if you want to ask me about other ones. I can answer it. How about that? No, I like the uh, I like I like the um, what's called the, uh, the the crack dealer uh, method. There, you know, first one's free. Got to pay for the next one though. <laughs> <laughs> crack dealer yeah <laughs> yeah man yeah, so cool. yeah cryptos cryptos uh is growing and i'm really happy cryptos there because if we didn't have crypto right now all of these people that are losing their businesses would not have a place of refuge right now so if you have family or friends that are watching this i mean if you have family or friends that are like losing their business like Tell them about cryptocurrency. Maybe send them this video. Maybe this video is not for them, but tell them about it because you'd be surprised how desperate people are right now. It's pretty sad. People are leaving their businesses that they built for 20, 40, 50 years to venture on something crazy in the internet because they are literally being stolen away. Their livelihood is stolen away from them right now. So... It's a good thing for crypto and it's a good thing for them that crypto exists, but it's just, it's upsetting that we live in a world where people can't even work. It's ridiculous for some stupid flu, you know, it's ridiculous, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, you know, a lot they, of, oh, go ahead, Dak. Sorry. I, I was just going to say a lot of this is, you know, really unfortunate and is causing a lot of hardship. And at the same time, it's forcing a lot of innovation um, in, in a lot of in a, in a lot of instances in a positive way but obviously whenever you force something like this and setting it instead of letting it just happen the way that markets would have it happen you know it's not it's not ideal but I say this all the time I'm trying to be really optimistic about all this shit that's going down you know and I'm like well hopefully this is going to push a lot of people in the right direction unfortunately it's going to push the other half of the people in the wrong direction you know so you know what are you going to do yeah, this these are the times in history when all the big shit happens. Like when the real like guys, like the people that the people that really like. This is the time to build, like you just said, Dad. By far, it was during these times that like Twitter was built. Um, 
during the last you know recession um but now you know we're moving into something worse so crypto has the power to really change the world for the better and that's why i'm so passionate for it guys it's so cool that you guys are talking about it and um if you guys ever want to talk about it again just hit me up i'll make myself available um because this is this is very important i mean this is like this is the most important thing happening in the world and how i hope more people know about it because it's it's life changing and it's something that people need um you know i i wish we lived in a world where we didn't have to build some crazy tech you know cryptographic tools to get away from like surveillance and and tyranny but we do and, and this is why we're here i got a question for you if this is something that you could sure. <laughs> I, I can't think of a way that you can answer this quickly, but I don't know. Do the best you can. Um, what? So I try and promote crypto in like a practical sense. Like I, if it's like, a, you know, somebody like my farmer's market, for instance, or just anybody I, I'm talking with who might be halfway liberated. Hey, do you accept crypto? Can I pay you in crypto? Usually the answer is no, but at least it sort of puts it in their mind. Um, I offer that I accept it for like my personal business and stuff like that. But let's say like you're talking to, you know, the vast majority of people don't know they couldn't they couldn't come close to defining the federal reserve you know they couldn't come close to really understanding anything about how like money actually works what do you think is maybe like an elevator pitch for like you know your average joe on maybe like how i could convince them to at least look into maybe start thinking about doing any sort of business in crypto elevator pitch gosh i mean i haven't thought i know that's tough dude i'm sorry (laughs) no just i mean what what i I used to always say was this is the this is the the money of the internet it's you know not governed by government or banks you know it's some it's the money of the people and it's mathematically secure it's safeguarded by the laws of mathematics trying to think of what else you were saying you were asking me something else um no just like how could we yeah like it's you know, that with people just being so having no understanding of how what money is or how it works or even basic economics, you know, it's just sort of, you know, you only get a, a minute to talk to somebody about this kind of stuff before they yeah. they phase out, you know. So I just I have a hard time, you know, ma- getting in, making my point and getting out. And I just don't know if there is a quick way to do it without, you know, getting into getting into more complicated uh, thoughts, but I really am trying well, to sometimes, sometimes you don't have to give, you know, usage. to motivate people, you don't have to talk about what, you know, give them like a, a, a pull, but rather a push instead of, you know, motivating them in aspects, in the aspect of like towards something, why don't you motivate them away from something? Right. Just tell them, Hey man, the purchasing power of the dollar is decreasing. We're about to enter a recession. This is the money of the internet. And here you go. You know, I think sometimes, Talking about how fucked up the, the fiat is actually does a better job at pushing people towards crypto than talking to them about what crypto is. That's a great point. Um, and, you know, that is funny that you mentioned that. It is one of the things that say, well, I prefer to have a currency that isn't just inflated away. You know, you can't, you know, if you shove dollars under your mattress, they're worth less tomorrow. You know, yeah. that is, I guess, I guess when you mentioned that really is the point that I try and go with. Yeah. And I mean, cryptocurrency is something that requires more personal responsibility. You know, you are your own bank. So if that's the case, um, you know, if you are your own bank, then you have to let them know that, let them know that this is something that they have to be very responsible for, you know, they are yeah. their own bank and they have to take care 
you know, they, this is a, a higher calling per se, right? They really have to take responsibility of their, of their, of their money. Yeah, very true. Yeah. I think, I think crypto is going to be very important in the future. And with what has been going on politically, it's kind of crazy because a lot of the same tactics tactics used in the Soviet Union are being used today, just in different scenarios almost. Like, you know, Stalin disrupted supply lines. And, you know, during that period, uh, the Ukraine didn't want to bend down to communism. And Stalin disrupted supply lines and, um, you know, stole their grains. And, uh, and a year later, they had famines and they were starving. And um, that's pretty much how, uh, you know, I think, I don't remember the exact numbers, but anywhere from 10 million to 15 million people died. They don't know um, exactly how many. And it's called Hollow Domor. And it's how he got the Ukraine to bend down, you know, bend the knee to communism. So, you know, unfortunately, I think that the government is going to gain more power and more influence. So I am kind of pessimistic in that regard you, know, Be- you mean more than what they already have that's scary <laughs> yeah it well it is yeah absolutely wow. um, but uh but i am very hopeful because we have crypto because we have there are truly free markets out there if you look for them i mean even on our site we've got a directory of you know people who love the free market and crypto is that safe haven and we could send it anywhere man and and we don't need to use their money. We don't need to use their their you know blood dollars. We've we've got our own money. We've got our own stuff. What we have makes them obsolete. We don't need them. We don't need a third party bank, uh, whether it be you know whichever. But uh, you know what do you see in in the in the near future? I mean, I'm kind of saddened to see that people are letting government shut down their businesses. If you told me this a year ago, I would have been like, well. You know, I don't believe in the Constitution because I'm an agorist. I don't, I don't think I need a you know piece of paper to explain my rights. But I, I, I would have told, I would have said, no, you know, I don't think that uh, that people will allow that because it's unconstitutional. But, right. um, but you know, look at us now. Yeah, it's plausible deniability, right? It. The whole medical thing, <laughs> the whole medical martial law is plausible. It's the perfect. It, you think about it, that's the perfect way of of getting people to bend the knee. I mean, what better way to like kill the economy than a medical excuse, right? <laughs> it's like, what better, better way, you know, when you're a kid, you know, what better excuse to miss school than a medical excuse, right? Or, you know, yeah, <laughs> I didn't do my homework because my tummy hurts. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's almost like, you know, the government is, is people in government are, I mean, I just fucked up. <laughs> That's just fucked up. I use plausible deny, like the, the health of the people as the reason by which you are going to institute tyranny. That's just so fucked up. But that's just that's just the way that they are. It is what it is. I mean, it's just going to make the smarter people, the smarter people, like Jeff Berwick says, they are going to be stronger and better on the other side of all of this. The stupid people are going to probably be dead <laughs> at the end of all this. So we'll see what happens. But I, I have faith in humanity in that the smart people will, will thrive. And just look at all the smart people in the world are in crypto right now. So 
uh, just goes to show you, you know, as the dollar collapses, crypto is going to rocket. We know that. So we know that it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's like, we don't, we don't, we don't, I, I mean, I'm not in cryptocurrency for myself necessarily. I'm, I am in this obviously because I'm a person that needs to eat, but, um, I'm in it because, um, I want to take these fuckers down. That's why, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. why I'm in it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I be, yeah, because I want people to be free. Exactly. I want freedom. I want to live the world. I, I want to, when I die, I want the world to be a better place than how I found it. You know, that's what I want. And I want good people to live good lives. I, I've been blessed with a good life and I want to make sure that people have a better life after me. So, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, you know, the crypto that I, if I ever get crypto, it's not for me. It's for my grandchildren's grandchildren, you know, it's, it's for few, it's for the future. And so it's, it's not just about accumulating money or it's about accumulating knowledge and passing that knowledge on and how to be a good steward of that money, of, of, of that wealth, of real wealth, not just money. Money is not just, money is not wealth. I mean, it's a representation of wealth, but it's, Real wealth is capital goods, industry, you know, creating goods and services, you know, having the capacity to, to be a good investor, to be able to um, manage resources effectively. That's wealth, you know. Absolutely. Did you have any further questions, Jack? No, man, this was a uh, th- th- this was great. Just like a lot of our crypto episodes, I'm uh, <laughs> a lot of it's a little over my head, but I've just been enjoying learning, man. This is a uh, th- this is great. You know, there was one thing I forgot to ask you. What are your thoughts on Zero X? Because I know they're trying to do a bunch of stuff with, they're just a token, right? But I know that they're trying to do a bunch of Zero stuff. Zero X Monero, that, that one? No, just Zero X. Um, it's ZRX. Uh, oh, isn't isn't that the uh, isn't that the exchange? The yeah, Dex? they're trying to do. Yeah, they're trying to do stuff with um the decentralized exchange. Yeah. I mean, they they're a small. They're part of our portfolio. They're very, they're very small allocation, very tiny allocation of our portfolio. Um, what, what about them? I mean, is there anything particular about them that you want to ask about? No, I was just curious, uh, like what you thought about what about what what you thought about their project. If you knew anything, I mean, I thought it was interesting myself, but well, it's based on Ethereum, right? Zero X. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So again, everything that's based on Ethereum is something that we're cautious of because of the problems that Ethereum has had scaling. So what's happening in Ethereum right now is very um, something that we all that we're keeping our eye on very closely because if yeah, I mean Ethereum 2.0 could be like the thing we were all waiting for, and it could be a disaster at the same time. There's no there's no telling right now, so we're just waiting to see. That's where we're at. Right on. Was there anything else you wanted to go over, Raphael? I'm good. I'm good. I, I can tell, man. You got a drink a in your tired. hand. <laughs> I can tell you're good, bro. I'm um, good, yeah. I mean, we can keep talking if you want. I'm, I'm fine. We can keep talking. If you right. want, Dag, Dag wants to ask any questions for people that are just now getting into cryptocurrency, since he's new into crypto, you know, go for it. I'm open because uh, I think it's important for people that are new to crypto to, uh, you know, to answer the questions that they need answered. So if you have any questions, go for it, Dag. 
you said, you <laughs> no, said a lot I don't of things over your head. I don't want that. What's that? No, no, no. Um, I, uh, no, I'm uh, this, uh, playing for tonight, man. I, um, you know, like I, it's just been a few months since I really started getting into it. And I was just really intimidated for years. Cause I'm not a big, you know, tech guy, you know, and I was really afraid I was going to mess something up and lose money just by sending it out to the ether or whatever, you know? And I just have to say that since I've sort of started getting into it in the last few months, I've really, it's really not that difficult. It's not, once you get into it, it's not that hard. Like I haven't messed anything up, you know, and I, you know, I just want to try to encourage people to, to get started. Cause you got to start somewhere, you know, and, and it's just, yeah. you know, like when I first started um, co-hosting with, uh, with Brandon and we started doing some crypto episodes, I was so lost, man, but you really do just pick it up, you know, and I, I've really been getting, getting a bit better at it. Uh, so, you know, um, no, I, I appreciate you coming on and, and speaking with us and everything. Cause this is, you know, got a lot of great info. Uh, but no, I don't have any specific questions or anything for, for newbies or anything tonight. Okay. Or at this yeah. And, and look, crypto is, is not just for techies. I mean, crypto techies are actually some of the worst people in crypto, to be honest, because crypto requires that a person be very well-rounded. I think that the best people in crypto are those that are most well-rounded. Um, because crypto is something that's interdisciplinary, right? It's not just being a programmer. It's no, it's none of that. It's, it's about being someone that actually um, understands the world. So the people that best understand the world are people that are most well-rounded. So you have to understand business. You have to understand something about economics, understand something about politics, understand about people. Because a lot of these guys, a lot of these engineers, right? They A lot of these programmers, they come in and and they they're always programming and they never really interact with people. And when they and so they're programming for people, but they don't have any experience with people or they are very, maybe very autistic and they don't understand people. So, you know, you know what I mean? So you need people, you need people from all backgrounds in crypto. It's just, this is something for everyone. It's interdisciplinary and it's something that um, should be inviting to everyone. So if anyone ever tells you that just because you're not a techie, no, if anything, not being a techie is probably the best thing you could be. The best, the most important people in all of crypto are the investors. And if you're an investor, you're the most important person in crypto. And your voice matters more than any techie programmer. They don't matter. What matters is the investor. That's what matters. They're building for the investor. The investor calls the shots. That's excellent. Yeah, and 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 I agree. You know, um, you don't you don't you don't have to be a techie. It can be intimidating because you think you do, but it's not it's not that hard, man. You know, once you get over that initial yeah. fear, it's really not that not that hard to deal with it. And I, uh, it's funny you mentioned um, engineers a couple times tonight like that, and it's like I know a few engineers and like they're very smart, but they're very narrowly focused on things you know what i mean like they're not really big picture kind of people you know at least it's been my experience i'm not talking trash about engineers we need engineers but like um but but yeah i've had that experience where they're not you know like they may not know anything about economics or or anything you know outside of their other field it's like i'm here to solve a problem and to solve this problem and i'm not a big picture kind of person so I, I get where you're coming from there yeah so it's um yeah yeah so there you go don't don't get scared of crypto. Crypto's a good thing. Crypto good. <laughs> yes. Crypto good. Federal Reserve notes bad. I don't know. That's that, that, I guess that's all I got for tonight, guys. Cool. Yeah, we'll finish it off with a quote like we always do. 
This one's by one of my personal heroes. By its nature, governments and taxes are not voluntary. Government actions are violent and coercive and theft as well. The great Jeff Berwick. Agoras next is out.